Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Giant Pod with me, Andy Rintmore. My guest this week is professional wrestler, The Fox, Key and Kelly. Big shout out again to the Cheese and Grain for letting us use their venue to record this podcast. We caught Key and while he was here with CSF Professional Wrestling. And uh, yeah, so big thank you to the venue because they're really good to us at the moment letting us use their space. Uh, what do we talk about? We talk about life on the road as a wrestler. We talk about getting into wrestling. We talk a little bit about behind the scenes stuff in, in, in the industry but we don't really we don't pull the curtain back too much I used to love wrestling when I was growing up so I know a bit of the lingo and bits and bobs and I think that was uh, really helpful in us having a really good conversation about it um, I'm sure he's used to a lot of radio spots and things like that and they don't really know what they're talking about and I was quite pleased that with this conversation I was able to sort of hold my own even though I've never seen any wrestling live and I've never hung out with any wrestlers <laughs> until then uh, yeah really great conversation big thank you to Kian because when he stepped through the door um, of the venue that night he didn't know he was doing a podcast and he we, he was very gracious and uh, gave us his time and uh, I think the result is a really really great conversation so big thank you to the Fox for that one stick around to the end because you're going to hear him get into character and call out his um, his opponent for that night and it's a bit of fun so yeah okay without further ado I'll stop waffling on now and we can get to uh, the conversation so here it is the Fox Kian Kelly from CSF Wrestling here it is. Enjoy. All right. We're here in the cheese and grain. I'm with, with the Fox, Key and Kelly from SC. Uh, oh. <laughs> Cut. Cut. The Fox, Key and Kelly from CSF. Wrestling. wrestling. I got it right. I got it right. I almost said DFS. The, the sofa company. <laughs> sell you a sofa, no problem. I'll sell you a sofa and then pile drive you through it. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been coming to this town for a long time, haven't you, you guys? Like, what's the, what's the story of you lot? So, uh, yeah, so CSF has been around for uh, 23 years now. So it's a bit of an anniversary year. And obviously, um, you know, after the coronavirus stuff, we're trying to come back with a bit of a boom, bring the community back together. But, um, you know, it's been quite a journey. There's, you know, there's several promotions throughout the UK and, um, you know, it's well established on the TV, you know, with WWE and AEW and these other big brands. Um, but, you know, there is multiple promotions, but CSF has been one of the ones in British wrestling that is stuck around and is still here. So, you know, they're obviously doing something right. Yeah. I and mean, how do you weather that? I mean, because there, there's always, this is kind of very grassrootsy wrestling, isn't it? You know, they come, you come to like people's towns and you put on a good show and everything. It's not quite the same as WWE, which has that whole television thing. How do you guys like compete with WWE? Or do you think there's enough of a removal from that world that you can kind of like easily operate on your own sort of terrain? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it there. Like, um, you know, we're our own product. Um, you know, most wrestlers are independent contractors, so they work for various different promotions. Um, CSF, to me personally, is one that has been a bit of a home base. So, you know, I've stuck with the company um, sort of through thick and thin, and I've been one of sort of the mainstays and regular performers over, you know, the last vast majority of the years. Um, everyone always sort of, as soon as you say wrestling, you know, WWE is obviously the top dog. It's where we all aspire to be. Um, you know, we all tune into it. We've got to keep up to date with everything. But, um, you know, CSF is his own little baby. 
Stuart Nat, the promoter, is a very successful gentleman. He takes a lot of pride and preparation into his production. And, you know, ultimately, whichever venue he goes to, he puts on a good show. So he's been able to keep us going through reputation. Um, you know, like you say, a lot of this stuff will take place. Leisure centres, theatres, uh, corner exchanges, town halls, etc. So, you know, compared to those uh, American big boys, if you like, it's, uh, it is a lot smaller scale. But, you know, of course, I'm going to be biased. But as a talent, you know, I'd like to argue that some of the stuff that we produce is just as on par. But maybe we just don't necessarily have the greater financial and TV or media backing, perhaps. Right, yeah. That is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you guys are constantly getting picked up to do trials and stuff for WWE. So someone's watching and someone's keeping an eye on what you guys are doing. So there's quality there, for sure, that WWE and these bigger boys you know, respect and look to. So tell me a little bit, a bit about those trials. Like, how, how does that, does that, like, talk around the locker room? Is it like, oh, so-and-so's got a WWE trial <laughs> next week? It's like, bastard, well, I want one of them. Well, how does, it, how does that go down? Like, how do you get yourself a trial for WWE? Because you were telling me before we came on here that you've, you'd have done that yourself, so. Yeah, no, 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 I was very fortunate. And again, it just came through uh, opportune. Um, I think, like, every walk of life is kind of like who you know, Um you know, I'd like to sit here and say that, you know, obviously there is a, a lot of it is hard graft and hard work and open up a reputation, but a lot of it is over the course of time where you wrestle for up and down the country, you network yourself, you meet various people, you've got to get the right eyes on you. Um, but ultimately, like anything, you know, if you make enough noise, you're going to create a bang. Um, there's a lot of pressure on wrestlers these days because it's growing in popularity. Um and, you know, not a lot of us are getting any younger and the bumps and bruises take its toll. So that can make it more difficult. Um, but ultimately, it is reputation. And social media is a huge part. Like, I've got to be honest, like, uh, I'm not the best at that myself. Um, and I've had to pick up that game. Uh, but social media is a huge part of it now. Obviously, a lot of uh, video clips and pictures and regular updates, um, you know, working across various different promotions, lots of traveling. I think people underestimate as a wrestler how much traveling you do and the amount of sacrifices that we all make. You know, I respect anybody that gets between the ropes because, you know, I've got a family. There's many other people who've got families. Um, you know, some people might have to have a second job as an income as well. Um, so it can be tough. But, uh, you know, me in particular... Um, you know, I, I was lucky to go to the NXT UK camp uh, in March this year. Sick. Yeah, no, it was really good. And, um, you know, I, I was sort of a last minute call up, um, again, by chance, um, through my sort of second job, if you like, with the coronavirus. So, you know, I was unable to do that. So I had a lot of free time and opportunity came up. Um, I met the criteria that they were looking for. What is that criteria? Uh, so at the time, they, right. they were looking for um, some extras who met a certain criteria, um, s somebody who um, was slightly older, um, over a certain height, and uh, had a certain level of experience, and I managed to tick the boxes. Uh, and I got to do some incredible things, um, you know, uh, sadly from my own personal targets on this occasion, um, in terms of a TV performance wrestling um all the stuff I did wrestling base was obviously behind the camera, but yeah. I, I still massively grateful and hugely enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, obviously you get to train with, you know, some of the lads who are at the top and uh, you get that experience. But, you know, I got to do some on-camera stuff, such as some extra work like uh, medic, a security guard, like uh, being a member of the crowd, being involved in like um, the production side of things and seeing the backstage stuff. And, you know, the tryout stuff is obviously jumping in with the sessions, seeing how you can hold up. 
So that's like the fitness and conditioning, running all the drills, uh, you know, getting in there. And, you know, as much as people, I think it's quite commonly known, uh, there is a theater element um, and predetermined element of wrestling that everybody's aware of. Um, but we have something that we call working on the fly. And much to people's surprise, you know, sometimes you are put in a ring uh-huh. under severe pressure with somebody you don't know uh-huh. and you just got to go. So that can be often a reflection of uh, your work to see how well you cope with in that environment. So there's lots of mental challenges. There's lots of physical challenges. Um, but, you know, I got some really uh, good feedback, which I was happy with. I was proud of myself. Um, it, it come for me, that opportunity, a bit later in life. Um, but, yeah, I'm extremely grateful and I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, lots of my friends and other people in the business and there's some other guys here today. Um, so I ain't going to big him up too much because tonight he's my opponent. Uh, but Eddie Ryan. tonight? I, I'm taking on Eddie Ryan, so okay. the English Lion. But he's, um, again, he's a well-respected worker. Yeah. Um, you know, we're as much friends as we are enemies tonight. All friendship goes out the window because, you know, I want the gold that sat right here in front of me. Oh, he holds this belt, does he? He's the one that holds it and I'm going to be the one that takes it, baby. Right. The um, But yeah, uh, Eddie Ryan, um, you know, he had a couple of TV matches. Uh, he performed for them in Plymouth, which is his hometown. So he caused a real stir on his media front. And, you know, he had a he had a real big push. So, you know, kudos to him. But he's going to have to step it up tonight. You he's going to have to bring his A He's game. taking on the fox. <laughs> So, um, you know, he might have some muscles and tan and this, that, the other, but the fox has got the brains. I got the tricks up my sleeve. So, you know, the ref don't see it. It doesn't count, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, are you breaking the law if you don't get caught? Do you know what I mean? This is it. I do what it takes to win. Simple as that. Right. I, there's no messing about. Okay. So tell me about, tell me about the fox. Tell me, like, what is your, what's your, what's your story? So, uh, Why yeah. are you, because you're a heel, aren't you? Which is the bad guy. This is it. I'm guessing that Eddie... Eddie Ryan, the British Lion, is a face, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the baby face. Right, which um, is the good guy for anyone who doesn't know that much about the lingo in wrestling. Yeah, You're yeah. the heel, so you're the, you're the fucking nasty one. This is it. Yeah, so I'm often referred to as the villain. You know, I prefer that role. My style is aggressive, smash mouth. I don't necessarily do anything pretty. Right. I'm not into all the flips and all the um, facade, if you like. I just get in there, get the job done. If I've got to whack you over a chair, no problem. If I've got to stick a cane over your head, no problem. <laughs> I gotta boot you in the nuts, no problem. Oh. As long as the ref don't catch me, I'm getting that win. So Dirty. the um but yeah, no, so uh this particular character uh has evolved over the years. Um the fox, the actual name was given to me by a promoter uh back when I was a keen bean. Um, you know, I love wrestling, it's a huge part of my life. Like every wrestler, we we have this divine passion. Um, you know, me personally, you know, when I was a kid, I watched the Hulk Hogan's, I watched the Jake the Snake Roberts, et cetera, et cetera. I was obsessed, larger than life characters. Character work for me in storytelling is huge. Right. Um, you know, uh, I'm saying about the no flips and stuff, to be honest, I just can't do them. <laughs> yeah. There's some extremely talented uh, gentlemen here today. For example, Jake McCluskey. Right. Uh, you know, he's uh, one that just springs to mind that, you know, he can really fly and they do some great acrobatic stuff. You know, there's there's guys like Will Ospreay out there as well who are, you know, superb in that high-flying environment. It's not my cup of tea. Um, you know, I'm not athletic enough to do it, but, you know, I'm not afraid to get in the mix and... Uh, stick my head where it hurts as well you know so that's what the fox is about yeah plain and simple but i like to bring a bit of banter and beat in with it so um a lot of my mates say i don't shut up which is true 
So uh, I like to smash mouth. I like to talk a good game. Yeah. But, um, but I like the character side of things. It means to me that's that's an art within itself. Mm. So, so that's what I kind of strive towards. So um, I love winding up the punters. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I heard that earlier. I mean, yeah. that reminded me of like those old school stories from like WCW days when guys had like what's known as like heat. Yeah. So the heel would like be out in the street. He'd be like doing his shopping. But because that old deer had seen him on the TV the night yeah, before, yeah. you know, doing the dirty on her favourite wrestler, she'd give him an earful. Throw some baked beans at yeah, him or something. something yeah. like that. And that's like, there were people in wrestling that managed to get real heat. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it would follow them in their actual day-to-day lives because people were so invested in their character and, and, and how dastardly they were that it would follow them around. And I noticed that earlier when I walked out into the uh, into the foyer earlier where there's some fans knocking around waiting to come in. Yeah. And one of them went, oh, great, a wrestler. And I thought, wow, that's that's a really nice compliment. I'm not a wrestler, <laughs> but um, I probably should have been. Um, and then uh, you walked out and you were like, oh, you're an ugly bunch, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, yes. You've got to get that character working yeah. early. Because uh, they've got to hate you when you come out there later on tonight, right? This is it. You know, I'm always, uh, don't get me wrong, like uh, everyone's grandmother will teach them, manners cost nothing. Mm. And giving people respect costs nothing. And that's just qualities of life. But, you know, when I'm in this role, I'm here to do a job. So I'm damn right going to do it. Um, many years ago, I was very fortunate, just going to throw a name drop in there. Go for it. Uh, but I got to do some training with Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. And he's, uh, you know, if, you, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that his wrestling psychology and IQ is fantastic. He's often referred to as, you know, the genius and the best. And, you know, to be around him was amazing. And, you know, he was a big part of CSF's history as well. Was he? So he he performed for CSF with the Honky Tonk Man um, on many tours. Um, when was this? Um, do you know, I'm so bad with dates, but I'm going to say like early 2000s. Okay, because there was a period of his life, wasn't there, which has been really well detailed mm-hmm. in the, uh, what's that documentary called? The Resurrection of Jake the Snake? Yeah, the DDP one, yeah. Yeah, and and him and Scott Hall are in such a bad way with, you got it, yeah. with, with their addictions and, and, their, and their demons that they're almost crippled, aren't they? Because yeah. All of yeah. that ring work is caught up with them. For sure. They've let themselves go. And there was a, that, that documentary is amazing about how he came back yeah, yeah. To um, not to his prime because he was already past his prime, but back to a, a, a like a reasonable, healthy, yeah, yeah. Um, state. And it, yeah, lots of respect for Jake the Snake. But that's interesting that he's he's come and work for you guys. I was wondering when that was because it's I don't know what he's doing now. Is he back in the ring? I believe he's with AEW now, so he's still involved with wrestling. Right. And um, like you say, he's been on his personal journey. Like I'm not one to judge anyone's personal life story but obviously I've watched that myself and you know having that sort of um, uh, reference to Jake you know I had my own uh, take on it and uh, I enjoyed the time I spent with him you know he was a huge um, you know a huge personality back in the day like I was a huge fan of him um, what was actually quite um, nice is um, you know my grandmother the first ever Hasbro action figure I ever had wrestling was Jake the Snake Roberts so there was already an attachment but yeah the point I was coming to with Jake anyway um, just bringing him up he always said to me um, you know never go to a wrestling show aiming to be the best wrestler because it's quite likely that you might most probably not be right however interesting always go with the mentality of getting the best reaction Uh, and a few years later the uh, the gladiator film you remember it with uh, Russell, Russell Crowe? Crow. Yeah, we, me and Harry watching a bit of it yesterday, actually. Uh, we were testing the TV at mine, and we put that on as a... The quote, um, you know, win the crowd. Right. And, and wrestling so relative to that. And I like to think sometimes my lack of ability to do flips, perhaps, 
but sometimes opening me gob on the microphone or how I act inside the ring. And, you know, reaction isn't always like, yeah, and boo. Sometimes it's laughter. Yeah. Sometimes it's physical hatred. Sometimes it's just the way people look at you, uh-huh. uh, the feel in the room. And, um, you know, that's what gives me the edge. That's what gives me the drive. I love it. And, right. um, you know, so as long as people are booing me and uh, enjoying the show, then it's, it's a winner winner. Right. You know? And are there certain places that you, you, you like tour and, and perform in that? that um, are always good for a reaction. There are certain places where you're like, oh, we're going to, um, you brought Plymouth up earlier, we're going to yeah. Plymouth tonight, and they're always mad for it or something. Is there towns in the in this UK of ours where you know when you're going to Manchester, you're gonna, it's going to be great? Like, they're guaranteed spots where you're like, these people just fucking wild for this shit. The, um, no, nah, to be fair, it's... Um yeah, every, every place is different. Like, um, I, I work in various locations, but, you know, I, for this particular case, I like to keep things CSF, but, you know, we, um, you know, not just because we're here, um, but, you know, Froome is a good one. Uh, you know, we usually get quite a few in and uh, they get into it. Like, there's a right local yokel bunch around here. And um, I like to, you know, let them know about that as well. And uh, they seem to like me getting beat up as well. So um, I'm not a big fan of the Froome people for that. Right. So, um, yeah, do one, Froomies. <laughs> the, um, and then, um, you know, with the other places like uh, we go to with CSF, uh, you know, many sort of in the southwest. Um, but, you know, in Bath as well, uh, Western, they're all really lively crowds. But to be honest, I couldn't, like, pinpoint one particular place. But it's always good sometimes when you go across uh, the bridge, like Wales, for instance, because they just immediately hate you if you're English. Um, but <laughs> They've done know, half the work for you. This, and, I, you know, I want to back the locker room here and I want to back the boys and all, all my wrestling colleagues, like, because I just feel wherever we are and whoever's on the card, they're there for a reason and they can get reaction. Right. So... You know, I like to think we're going to get that sort of atmosphere wherever we go. Yeah. Okay. So if you had to compare yourself and your style to another wrestler, so, you know, for the listener who may not have seen you wrestle but may know a thing or two about wrestling, who would you say your closest sort of, um, uh, you know, match is in terms of like, you know, you said your smash mouth, which is probably a bit more stone cold, isn't it? Um, I've got I've got hair though, so <laughs> Stare just about anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, where where you know, if you had to compare yourself to some like a household wrestling name, who who would you be the closest to in terms stylistically? Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a difficult question. So I wouldn't ever want to answer that, and people think, oh, you're definitely not, Stone Cold. Yeah, you're not as good as him because I'm certain some of the names I might say I'm I'm certainly not on their level for sure. They're people I aspire to be, but. Um, you know, I, I really like Jake the St. Roberts in terms of the character stuff. I love um, Ted DiBiase. Um, uh, just for his, for his, yeah, Million Dollar Man. Um, I love Mr. Perfect. Right. Um, so they're sort of guys I, uh, like, I study personally. Is that Paul Orn? Was that Paul Orndorff, Mr. Perfect? Uh, no, Mr. Perfect was Kurt Henning. But was Paul. Blonde hair. Uh, that's correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. Paul Orndorff was another wrestler, yeah. This, what um, was his thing? He had a. Mr. Perfect? It, no, he had a thing, didn't he? he Is had, it Mr. Wonderful? That's it, right. That's yeah. why I got confused. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, no, I do like the character based wrestlers. Um, yeah, I was a huge, you know, Brit Hitman Hart fan. I like his execution, um, how everything's so crisp and, uh, you know, real. It just looks real. Um, the storytelling. Um, but there's a lot of British wrestlers as well. Like, um, you know, again, I was trained by Danny Boy Collins, who is a well-renowned British wrestler, but I like to f- to sort of take bits from sort of Fit Finley. 
Yeah. Uh, Danny Boy Collins, particularly his dirty Danny Boy Collins days when he was a, a villain. Um, so it's, it's hard to pinpoint to one, if I'm honest. But um, but even some of my friends now in like relative to this day, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, I look up to a lot of people. Um, so to me, one of the best wrestlers in the UK uh, still to this day, you know, and he's well reputable in, in, in our industry is James Mason. Right. Uh, who can work quite easily as villain or babyface if you like. Um, so I've taken a lot from him. I believe uh, there's another gentleman called Joel Redman who's world class. Um, you know, I've, I've I've been lucky to be sort of mentored and friended by him as well. Um, so yeah, I take little bits uh, from everybody, and if I see something really cool and, yeah. it, and I can do it, I'm like I'm stealing that. Well, there's an old <laughs> there's an old phrase that, is that talent borrows, a genius steals. Yeah, it's good that. Yeah, I like so, that. So everything you see, which is fucking genius, yeah, 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 they've stolen and and, and made it better. Um, so don't don't be afraid to steal. Nah. So, but the thing is, when you when you're in wrestling, there's so many amazing different characters. Like um, like I'm a big sort of British wrestling guy. Um, so I like, try not to focus on the Americans. Obviously, WWE, like I say, WWF is a big part of a thing. But there's so many British wrestlers out there who have been doing this a long time. Uh, for instance, you know, Tony Spitfires, Dean Allmarks, like, you know, veterans, Doug Williams, um, who was with CSF last night in Devizes uh, and performed here previously. You know, these guys, again, are world-class and they they rep the British style fantastically. Um, you know, I could name drop all day. Rampage Brown is a huge, uh, you know, huge character that I'm, you know, um, that I look to and study as well. You've got Drew McIntyre, right. um, who I like because he's a big man wrestler. He does some cool stuff. But um, yeah, he performed as Drew Galloway for CSF Wrestling. He was a big part of their history. He was quite a regular, you know, I'm guessing like 20 years ago. But when he first started out, CSF gave him an opportunity when he came down from Scotland. They gave him a format in British wrestling. And obviously he's gone on to have a fantastic career. Yeah, he was WWE heavyweight champion, like, I don't know, five, six months ago. Right. Um, you know, and he's an incredible talent as well. Yeah, it's funny you say like oh, you like the big guys because when I was a kid, yeah. I used to love The Undertaker. Yeah, and Kane. I used to be like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. They are fucking amazing. How fucking big they are! And it's just there is something about like wow factor, right? That that, that giant wow, yeah. that that kind of like you. Where do you? Where did you come from? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't see anyone that looks like you anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And they're in the ring fighting. I remember when I was a kid, I had the um, the Just Bring It game guide oh yeah yeah ps2 game and in there they had all these things about they had all the stats for all the wrestlers and their heights yeah. and stuff and i know wwe have been known to sort of slightly inflate people's <laughs> yeah i'm like six five that's <laughs> right yeah and i remember saying to my dad who's like six four yeah oh look at the undertaker down he's um he's six foot eight and he was i think he was six foot eight in that book i've still got the book somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. i have to check it out he's probably like six, six ten or something. or something no no i think he's six no, maybe they put him as six ten. Okay, but he's, he's six eight, or so, I don't know. He's, he's between six eight and seven. Yeah, throughout the years, and Dad went, "Oh, it's too tall, isn't it? It's freakish." And now I'm six nine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, do you want to take that back, Dad? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it's like I don't know how you start in wrestling, like because because people go, "I was trained by so and so, so and so," and if I was when I was a kid, I was I really was seriously like, if someone had said to me. There's a, there's wrestling training in in Froome somewhere. Yeah. Or speak to this guy and he'll teach you how to start wrestling. I would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be sat there now. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, I actually originally I'm a devises guy. Right. Um, 
And I don't know if it's one of those fake things. You know, I was an obsessive wrestling fan when I was a kid and all through school and stuff, you know. Uh, diehard wrestling fan. I loved wrestling. and um, But I was an avid sportsman as well. You know, I was... I was playing a lot of sort of, um, you know, amateur football, rugby, et cetera, local sports clubs. And I played a lot of, you know, the two sports. Um, and then basically, you know, I chased the avenues of those. And like every young man, I wanted to be a pro footballer. And, you know, when you soon realize that ain't going to happen. It's like, I got to about 16, a bit of disillusion, next step in uh, 15, even, I believe, because um, I started wrestling at 16. Um, but anyway, just an advert came in the local Gazette and Herald. Um, right. a wrestling school opening in Devizes and just like what right and um like my mum showed me and um I was like this is amazing and I phoned up the guy who was actually another a CSF um sort of veteran his name was Andy Noble right. um he doesn't perform anymore he's retired um but he was again one of the CSF regulars back in the day and they had like a sort of partner in promotion, which was called the Curtis Gifford Wrestling Association. Right. Um, and Stuart Nat here, you know, is he was heavily involved with those as well. So it's like a, two promotions working together, if you like, but in different regions. And um, yeah, and I, you know, I trained uh, for about a year before I even had a match. And then sadly that company folded. And then um, I went to a company uh, sort of down the road in Trowbridge, <clears throat> which was called UCW. And, um, you know, again, they used to cover some very small venues, a very small family-based promotion, but, you know, highlighted the American style. Uh, there was the Attitude Era as well, so that, you know, that really inflated interest. But there was just some mad opportunities with them. Uh, so basically, from my own standpoint, I, <coughs> I trained, excuse me. Sorry? <clears throat> I trained with um, this company in Devizes and um, sadly never did a match or a show because uh, the company folded and um, sadly the the guy who ran it, um, his father was ill health and passed away. Um, but anyway, that folded and and then I saw this promotion, UCW, and a load of guys left them to set up a company called 4FW and I thought, wow, they've all left them. So there must be a gap. I can, right. And I actually made my debut in 2003 at this venue. So this, really? so this venue is really special to me. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so I wrestled for UCW and, and with that, you know, long story short, um, Again, name dropping again. And, uh, you know, if any of my friends listen to this, they'd be like, oh, here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> name drop, name drop, name drop. The, um, I'm but, all about the name. Give me the name drops. Yeah, but long story short. So, um, you know, I got to wrestle some really good uh, British wrestlers from uh, an FWA, which was um, like a huge indie wrestling promotion start back in the day. Um, but then, you know, I was on a show with AJ Styles, uh, CM Punk, Raven, and then you had like the Sandmans, the Mick Foley's. Um, they were doing these big shows in Wales. So this company was bringing in some huge talent. Obviously, right. their names weren't as big as they are now, but at that time, they were still huge names. And um, and yeah, and then... Uh, and Mick Foley must have had legend from Japan at this point, right? Or was that pre... Possibly, yeah. Have, is this before he... He pulled his ear off in Germany or wherever he was. Oh no, I think you know that was all that all that damage was done by them for sure. The um, <laughs> I'm not that old, Jesus. The, um, but no, I'm just you know I'm throwing in those names because like you know if you imagine I was just a sort of 16, 17 year old, and to be honest, I was probably well out of my depth. Um, you know I know that now, and um, there was there was a few matches that I had with guys that were brought in, and I was just like, wow, you know, there's there's people out there that are doing some good stuff, and then you know later down the years, like even CSF now. Um, as I've gone through my journey, um, you know, CSF has some great imports as well. Like I said, Jake St. Roberts, Honky Tonk Man, uh, Juventus Guerrera, Sabu, uh, 
Al Sabu. Snow. Yeah. Have you met Sabu? Yeah, no, we is was... Is he a, a fucking madman? He is a madman. Is he... Those scars are real yeah. all over his body, right? Everything. 100% that you read, everything he is. He is, like, just crazy. What but, is it with him? Like, yeah. did you get to... to uh, what... Like, the, this... bolts are, the bolts are loose upstairs, but... Yeah. Sound, real sound bloke, really lovely, and um, always willing to give, like, knowledge and stuff like that. Like, he... Um, you know, don't get me wrong, the conversations weren't in length with him, but, you know, he's just a normal guy, but get him in the ring, he's... Yeah, there's nothing he won't do and he, yeah. and he even for even as he got older like he'd still throw himself about um, and it's you know stuff like that sometimes um, like any industry like you see some of the younger wrestlers now and a few of the moans and groans that men might have and then you see guys like that like <laughs> their bodies have been through everything you know Sabu is, is the first match I ever saw Sabu I was in I, you remember when Woolworths was a thing yeah yeah they had like a bargain bin of VHS tapes get on those there yeah there was uh, a, uh, ECW that was like November to remember or something yeah, yeah, one yeah. of these like compilation things yeah and I was like what's this but like, it was wrestling so I had to have it yeah yeah and that was my first introduction to ECW. Yeah, yeah. But it was Sandman versus Sabu. And it was just, there was more tables and ladders yeah, and yeah. shit that, than I'd ever seen in yeah. in the uh, the hardcore section yeah. of WWE, which which only came about as a reaction to ECW, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just, it was absolutely fucking mental. There was, he was bleeding everywhere and he was going through like three tables at a time. The fucking ladders were bent. <laughs> Um, and then there's that gnarly footage where they've got the um, the ring ropes have been with the barbed wire swapped out for barbed yeah. wire, and he he catches his bicep on the barbed wire, and his bicep falls out of his arm, and he gaffer tapes it up in the ring and carries on. He is fucking mental. Hard. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to put myself over as hard as that because definitely not. The um, again, personally, not my style. Yeah, but. It's definitely got an audience, you know. And oh, yeah. um, me. And to me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, to me, he he was a big deal. And uh, again, I'm grateful to CSF Wrestling because you know they they bring over these guys. And obviously, you know, you asked me earlier about um, production and reputation, this that the other. Well, I think it says a lot about itself. If these guys are willing to come over and work for a company, then obviously, like I say, Stuart Nat, the promoter, is obviously doing a good job. You yeah, know what I mean, because it's a, it's a good reflection on him. You know, as soon as I said the name, you're like, whoa, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. didn't even know it was a thing. But like, this is what I'm saying about British wrestling. Sometimes this is where we rely on the support of the fans and like people like yourself. Um, even if you're not like a diehard wrestling fan, just support your local wrestling promotions because the more support support we receive, you know, the better product we can give you. Right. Uh, and you know, it's great when you bring over these guys. Like, we love it. Because don't get me wrong, we're all wrestling fans inside. So, you know, we we aspire to some of these guys. So it's great, you know, when we get to be on a wrestling card with some of these guys. These are guys I watched as a kid. Yeah. And then you're in a locker room with them. It's great. We had the Nasty Boys here. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Again, I'm so bad with dates, but it was, I think it was in the last few years, but we had the Nasty Boys come here. So Stuart brought them over. And I've just never had so much fun. Just, just listening to their stories and some of the things that they got up to and, Oh, it's great. It's just like a live autobiography. And, um, you know, and then they, they come and they come watch your match and they give you some feedback. And then as a performer, that's, you know, that's great. Um, you know, like Jerry Sags was like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you was on the crowd and you did a great job, brother, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, that's sweet. Like, uh, you know, I was buzzing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's, 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 it's like a novelty. It's crazy. Like one minute wrestling, as you pointed out, you, you could be in front of 50 people in a village hall 
or a kiddie's birthday party, it can be as low key as that. Uh, then you're here at the Cheese and Grain with like, you know, 300 people. And then you're in a pavilion in a massive city and then you've got 2,000 people. But, you know, we uh, we as performers, I'm sure everybody would agree, it's just, you know, we, we have a buzz for what we do. You know, mm. um, we're passionate about what we, we do and we're, we're there to entertain. We're sports entertainers. We know our job and you know, we go about doing it. So tell me about... Um... Tell me about injuries, because as you said, you get how, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 35. That's fine then, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put the cap on to cover up the bold spots. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> the same thing, man. Uh, so, yeah, tell me about the injuries, because we, me and Harry were chatting um, yeah, yeah. before we started all this, and I was telling Harry about D'Lo Brown mm-hmm. and Droz and how the, that, yeah. that one fateful powerbomb that they'd yeah. done a million times before yeah. and that I was saying that D'Lo had a really good reputation for being a safe guy in the ring and yeah, yeah. he was on his way up and it was all looking good and I was saying like, like Droz was like such a great specimen of a, of a man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He clearly worked on himself and put the time in and one powerbomb goes slightly weird yeah. and he's a, was it quadriplegic from the, from the neck down? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, tell me about all those things, if you've sure. come, but like, tell me about the injuries and stuff. Like what, what, what is on the road to say you're going to WWE yeah. and that's your goal. What are you expecting on the way there? A lot. What's regular? What's normal that you just, that you just power through? Um, and what maybe tell me one of your gnarlier stories <laughs> go on it's um, but like, I mean just in general what to expect like I say lots of travelling lots of lack of sleep mm-hmm. um, having to train in the gym because obviously even if you're not like a muscle massive muscle hound you've got to have a level of conditioning to wrestle right um, which is interesting looking around there earlier yeah because I did say to Harry actually we'd probably be expecting loads of gorillas knocking yeah, yeah. about but it's not going to be that way because there are people who I've seen enough of the ECW stuff. And yep. I've seen enough documentaries about the lower key yep. um, promotions and stuff where you look at these guys and you're like, you work in Sainsbury's. <laughs> and then like, now you're doing that. And it's like they don't look like Hulk Hogan or The Rock or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's in, it is interesting to see that it's all shapes and sizes, all, all yeah. like heights and weights and everything. And it's interesting to see, like, because some of these guys, no, no offense to the guys, yeah, yeah. Stuff, but some of them downstairs, I'm like, are you going to be able to do a whole match? Like, because you're, like, yeah, you're no, a I big understand. guy. And then they're going to do it, though, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. it's like crazy how how your appearance and how your fitness can be two different things at some, some points. And that point you make, just bang on there. I mean, you open up a, you know, a conversation I could go on for hours with, like you say, in terms of appearance. Um, but the, um, yeah. It's just gone out of my mind, but you know, you made a really good point then. It just skipped my head. Um, sorry, what was the last thing you just said there about like you know, because like, so lucky. Um, is it Kevin Owens? Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. his name? Kevin Owens, yeah. who had the, the ball tattoo yeah. thing in WWE. Oh, so, I always it, used sorry. to look at him and think, You're not in shape, yeah, but then you watch him work and you're like, No, you, you're fitter than I am. This Do you is, know what I mean? Like, this, you just sorry, you just reminded him for, but yeah, there's there's no preparation for wrestling fitness other than doing it. You right. Know? Um, I, you know, like I say, from rugby and football background, it's just a different kind of fitness. Yeah. But, you know, coming back to the injuries, like, you know, the bumps and bruises are real, like, um, you know, I really hate the F word, fake. Let's put it out there. Like, I, I get insulted when people call it fake because, um, you know, I, I've spent days in agony on the back of entertaining people. I've seen friends put their bodies through hell 
to then be called fake. You know, I, I take predetermined, I take sports entertainment, no problem. But this is far from fake. You know, you know, we do hit each other, we do punch each other. Sometimes you're going to get smashed in the face. Sometimes you're going to get kicked where it hurts. Like we make contact. Um, we're there to do a professional job, so we're professionals. Um, you know, we're trained in a specific way. But it's far from fake. And, um, you know, like I say, you, you get bashed up, you get beat up. The first thing I'll say from my own personal perspective is um, I often say, like, uh, it's similar to rugby and paintball. So when you go paintballing, you get shot. It friggin' hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no two ways about it. It friggin' kills. But um, you love it. You love the game. So you keep going and getting shot and you get over it. The uh, rugby, like, you know, you catch the ball, some six foot eight monster smashes you into the deck. It hurts, but you love the game. So you mm. go, every time we hit the mat, every time we take a bump, every time someone decks us in the chin, we love it. Do you know what I mean? It's not ballet. Like, sometimes a fella's going to catch you and you've got to deal with that. Is that called a potato? Yeah, you've right. got to, yeah, yeah. So sometimes a, sometimes a fella might dish out a potato. Some, which is a which is a, a, a closed fist strike, isn't it? You got which it. Which makes contact, right? It's, um, so yeah, they, <laughs> they come along sometimes. Um, you know, uh, me personally, I, I've been knocked out. I've, uh, I've suffered some concussions. Um, but it's hard to see it because sometimes you sit and you're just like, oh, yeah, this guy thinks he's hard and this, that, that. But, you know, I've had um, some dislocations. And you, you know, you pull a lot of muscles, you tear some muscles, uh, ligaments, uh, you know, touch wood. I've been very fortunate in terms of breaks. They've been minor. It's just been like thumbs and this, right. like, yeah, very small things. But, um, you know, you take a lot of knocks and your backs and your necks. They, um, you know, your bulging discs and this, that, the other. Uh, arthritis comes along quite accelerated. Your joints are pretty messed up. Like, and um, yeah, but good wrestlers, they they learn to work around their injuries. Like, uh, like even today, for instance, um, I don't know if you look at my arm there, you can see that it's all pretty swollen up. And um, you know, I'm I'm all yeah, pretty a little blue. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a lot of bruising on the bone there. I can't. I haven't got full movement in my thumb. Um, you know, I've been struggling a bit with that. Fuck, that's the arm wrestle out the way. <laughs> yeah. Harry. Shit. But, um, but you know, it's like, uh, but again, not in a tough guy way, but it's, you know, I, <clears throat> I want to perform tonight. You know, the promoters put me in a championship title match and I, I want to win this belt. I want to, I want to, <clears throat> you know, I want to go over social media and be like, hey, I'm the champion CSF. So, yeah. uh, you know, a beat up and bruises and, you know, messed up thumb ain't going to stop me. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, I know it sounds really minor and stuff, but these little things, you know, they clock up, the more matches you do, the more miles you do. Um, and you got to realise that sometimes we're sitting in the car for four or five hours going from one end of the country to the other. Yeah. And then we're going to go in there and put our bodies in physical hell and then drive back again. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy task, you know? So this um, business in this wrestling industry isn't for everybody. Like people love the idea of it. And then when they come in, they get found out. And so, you know, when one guys have been around for quite a few numbers of years, you know, you have a bit of uh, sort of respect within your rapport and your peers, you know, because yeah. you have to respect people that, you know, step between the ropes and, you know, get on with it. It's tough. That was an interesting thing that we clocked as well. It's just hanging around while the setup was happening today yeah. is you expect, you expect some dudes to come in, you know, 
and, and be like, you know, ego, yeah, um, yeah. Fucking, you know, coming in, a bit of like diva shit or There's whatever. There's a few of them. There's a few oh, of them. Oh, isn't there? <laughs> we didn't see them. We haven't seen them yet. It's good here. But it was like, you know, like some of the gnarliest looking dudes come in and they come yeah. straight over to you and they're like, hello, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I don't fucking know who you are, but hi. <laughs> like, you know, and, and everyone, you know, greet, you know, there was a real, seemed to be a real culture of yeah. dudes coming in and just being super respectful and just being like, hey, nice to see you and like just saying hello to everyone. And we were joking. It's like, hi, how are you? I'm going to kick your fucking head in there. <laughs> but no, there is, um, there is actually like an etiquette in, wrestling's got like some weird etiquettes, but one of them is like, um, you kind of leave your ego at the door. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it's showtime. There's politics it? and everything. And yeah. there's, you know, there is that part of wrestling, this showmanship and you get your celebrity divas and this, that, the other um, prima donnas or whatever. And, um, you know, some people get carried away with themselves and but it's, it's only natural. You, you've got to have a sense of arrogance and confidence to, to get some places sometimes yeah. in, in this industry. It's, it's really cutthroat. Um, but yeah, we have like this thing where, you know, cause at the end of the day, we're going in there and battering each other. There's no doubts about it. So you're kind of like sort of coming in shaking hands to be like, you know, we're all, you know, kicking each other's ass, but we're all good. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's no malice. Um, but everyone sort of respects one another. Like I say, we're professionals or what we do. Um, and there is that culture. But yeah, obviously the higher you go at the ranks and like when the big bucks come involved, of course there's going to be politics and of course there's going to be, but you know, when you're in there with another performer, you're expected to have some, you know, common grounds of respect and, um, you know, wrestling's quite funny in that way. It's quite unique. Um, but yeah, like anybody sort of backstage, uh, you know, CSF is over time is used sort of um, a pod of wrestlers. So you get to know everybody. You get to know people's sort of personal lives. Um, you know, you know what people are about. So, you know, it is almost like a, like a community, like sometimes yeah. almost as close as family. You know, you've got some of these guys like you spend hours on the road with, so you, you learn a bit about them, you know? Mm, interesting. Yeah, that is, yeah. I've done the same in bands I've toured. Yeah, yeah, done, you know, similar kind of lifestyle. Like yeah. the bit I miss the most about that is not actually stage time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's sat in the van with your, with your best yeah. buds. And there is that kind of, you have that bond. Yeah. And it's like, that's the bit I miss is just being somewhere and somewhere out in Europe or yeah. wherever and just like kicking back, chatting, laughing. And there's something, there's something about it. No, no, I'm with you. It's like, and again, we often, some, sometimes, um, not in a uh, arrogant way at all, like dismissive way, but sometimes we often say, God, the wrestling gets in the way. Because, um, you know, like just the, uh, the banter, the road trips, um, the sort of brotherhood, if you like. Uh, and, you know, we get to visit lots of different locations. Like we, you know, like I say, wrestling is like a traveling circus. You go to loads of different places. You meet lots of different people. We do a lot of networking. Um, it opens up lots of opportunities in different, you know, different people from all kinds of life, you know, walks of life. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is quite like that. It's uh, that's awesome. what makes it special. Right. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a people. So I ask you one thing, if you get that belt tonight... I love it. I love it. What's next is that everybody that comes along is just another customer of pain. Oh. So, uh, you know, I, I'm planning on taking that and um, I'm going to shine it up real nice. I'm going to put it with my fur jacket. I'm going to strut my stuff and uh, wear it with pride. And um, anyone that wants to come along, um, I'm quite happy to kick their teeth in. Not a problem. And um, I'm happy to boast about it down the mic and let everyone know who the champ is. You're the man. The Fox. Kean Kelly. Thank you very much, my man. Thanks for your time. Big thank you to this week's guest, The Fox, Key and Kelly. We're going to leave links to all things 
Kean Kelly and wrestling in the show notes description box so you can follow him there get a little uh, taster of the things that he's capable of in the ring I'm sure uh, if you want to support this podcast you can you can subscribe you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that would be really great if you've got like a wrestling fan um, as a friend or a family member or something then maybe pass this one to them and uh, they will enjoy it that will help spread the word as well if you want to follow us on social media you can it is at the giant pod on twitter and instagram if you want to follow me on instagram you can so at andy underscore tgp (laughs) this podcast was produced by the most baby oiled man on the planet i think harry williams (laughs) catch you next week guys thanks very much